Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. This is Things Older and More Terrifying Than I. I am Erica. And I'm Manders. And I'm Kim. And today, our third episode is titled Mayhem in Norway, also known as My Lead Singer Killed Himself, then My New Lead Singer Killed Me, and then also low-key, my band might be the reason why Satanism exists in my country. So. (laughs) Oh, fun. There is that. There's a lot to unpack (laughs) today. (laughs) Um, I wanted to start off with, um, sorry, um, because... This is a Norwegian band, and I am very much so not Norwegian. I only speak <laughs> English, unfortunately. And American so, English at that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> American English. And mm-hmm. so I'm just sorry for the pronunciations <laughs> ahead of time. Just doing your best. Okay? I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> um, I also really wanted to put like the fattest like fattest like p-h-a-t um trigger warning on this episode because we will be mentioning um blood suicide murder dead animals a little bit just a tiny bit but it's still there wait like um the animals are a little bit dead or there's just a few of the dead animals (laughs) um there's a difference there's just like yeah both Oh, you know, oh, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, dead, <laughs> dead animals, uh, guns a little bit too. And then like political extremism and kind of like neo-Nazi-ism. Neo-Nazism. Neo-Nazism, I guess. Unfortunately. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure we put a trigger warning for anybody. Please don't listen to this. If you are triggered by that stuff, I'd rather you just not listen to it and have a good day. Yeah. And just hit us up next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get you next week. Right. Just as an aside here, um, if you or a loved one are going through a rough time and are having thoughts of suicide, um, I do more than encourage you to reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Here in the United States, that number can be um, dialed through your cell phone as 988, or you can also dial one 800 273-8255. You can also go and do live chat with a real person at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Um, again, if there's no shame in it, you are valuable and I want to make sure that each and every one of you knows that. As for other countries, we will include numbers and contact information for those crisis lines as well in the show description. Yes. Good. Good. Nailed it. Good soup. Christian. You have to promise David Draymond, everybody. You have to (laughs) promise David. We all made that promise. (laughs) And then, so today we're going to be talking about the band Mayhem. This band is pretty notorious, especially if you're into the metal genre of music. They are known as the darkest band in history. And today, mm-hmm. I'm only going to be talking about the band pretty much up until like 19, like 93, 94-ish. Um, this band is very well much so active today. Um, I think they just did a tour here in the United States earlier this year. But for the sake of this episode and the story... Only going to be talking up until 1995. Makes sense. Sound good? 
Okay. I wish that we had dad here just to do his stupid metal voice where he's like, yeah, metal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would enjoy this episode, Loki. He, he probably. Might. Maybe we can get him to listen to the show. Yeah, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is, well. <laughs> probably just say he's so busy anyway, so. He doesn't yeah, know sure. how to use a podcast. He, he doesn't, doesn't even, even know, know how to use Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> exactly exactly it'd be like well where can Perfect. i buy it on cd and i was like oh well oh my god oh, bless dad. his heart oh Chuck. i love him he's my favorite dad oh but he's my favorite dad oh, but what a coincidence. Wow, crazy he must be his favorite child mm. so. mm. uh i think actually i'm his favorite child i think you were the last thought in his head <laughs> actually oh, rude I'm telling Dad, <laughs> Eric is believing me on the podcast again. <laughs> He's like, like I don't even buddy. know he how to podcast. Um, no, he knows. Yeah, he totally knows. I was them. talking about it with him last night. You hung out with Dad last night? Yeah, we went to go see Clerks. Oh yeah, Clerks. I didn't go to see Clerks. I um, I'm hurt. The smokes got me real messed mm-hmm. up, and uh, yeah. I know we're recording, so I'll ask later how Clerks was. Um. okay kind of circling back um (laughs) mayhem is notorious for not only being the darkest band in history but they are notorious for pretty much starting the norwegian black metal scene now i have a quick question on that actually so when i was like Mm -hmm. trying to help out with research so do you know did they start the black metal scene period or was it just in like the Norway kind of Scandinavian area? I don't think they started the black metal scene. That was more started okay. in England. Okay. Mm. But it was like the Norwegian like black metal scene. The whole genre of metal is ridiculous. There are so many subgenres <laughs> of subgenres. Mm-hmm. And so like even like there's Norwegian black metal and there's black metal, but then there's like I guarantee at least 15 subgenres of like Norwegian black metal. The sounds are different, how they portray themselves are different. Um, but this is not the episode <laughs> to go into that. <laughs> okay, that's no, fair. that's good to know because, like, again, when I was trying to help with research, there was some wording that seemed like it implied that they were the start of black metal, period. And then others that just said, no, just on kind of like the Norwegian side of things, they brought black metal to the to that area pretty much mm. yeah they did um but also just fun fact every subgenre of metal can be traced back to black sabbath because they are the founders <laughs> just wanted to give an ode to them anyway interesting if you go back even further um all of rock and metals trace back to jazz music mm-hmm. yeah, and the blues let's trace back to black people and we yeah. you know people don't realize but- that or give them credit for it so yeah, which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Um. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um. So this is the podcast. Like, for that. <laughs> um. Again. Uh. So black metal is a subgenre of heavy metal. Some notable details of black metal that are different from other genres of music. Um. They include very fast-paced tempos, distorted guitar playing. So instead of like your kind of like your technical side of like that, maybe like Rush would play. It's very, mm-hmm. like, they're just kind of fucking with the soundboard, pretty much. Yeah. Shrieking vocals. Um, you, 
you know, it's kind of notorious when you listen to like black metal or hardcore metal, whatever, that you can't really understand what they're saying because you're kind of screaming one the whole bit. time. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of like double bass drumming. And it's honestly like you have to be so physically fit to play this music, whatever um, instrument you play. Mm. Because it's fast. It's fast and it goes and it goes and it goes hard. Where it stops, nobody knows. <laughs> so. I, I imagine too, they probably don't take like significant like pauses in between songs either because that like Mm-mm. that those moments Mm-mm. of silence would feel overwhelming with this kind of music. So I imagine they just keep going and going and going the whole show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's a it's a lot. Um, for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I would assume it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Lyrics typically are anti-religious or anti-Christian, so I guess maybe like pro-Satan, um, depending on who you are and how you look at things. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of lyrics also include um, things about like death, war, famine, disaster. Um, they use a lot of mythology and folklore in their lyrics. Yes. Um, which if you're a history buff or you like folklore and stuff like that, that might be kind of interesting. They were also, I don't want to say like black metal was like the first genre to use corpse paint because then you have like Kiss technically is they use face paint that was black and white, but not corpse paint. Yeah. But, um. Can you, can you explain what corpse paint is really quick? Yeah. Corpse paint is black and white paint worn on the face and the body. Um, Mm -hmm. its intention is to make the person look dead or demonic. That's corpse paint. I don't need paint to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say all I have to do is like not. Uh, fill in my eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bingo, good. bingo. There we go. I just have to wake up and I'm just like that. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify for people who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, they wore like a lot of black spiky accessories. Pretty much anything that looked like spooky or dark, but not in a cheesy way. Um, and also a lot of black metal bands didn't play live. They didn't like to play live. Um, they felt like their music or performances were not meant for entertainment. Mm. If they did play live, a lot of them considered their live acts ritualistic in a way. Oh. And so in in my notes, I put, if they did play live, usually at least one dead animal was involved. (laughs) Um, So a lot of bands, you know, would throw rotting flesh into the crowd. Um, They would have, like, the heads of pigs or goats on, like, I want to say skewers. That's not the right word. Steaks. Um, large steaks. So they're called steaks. Yeah, like large sure. steaks. <laughs> skewers. A steak. Oh, a pike. So a large steak is a pike. Yeah. Or a pike could be a fish or my Splatoon character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all are correct. Yes, all are correct. <laughs> um. So they would have like you know the heads of different animals on stage with them. Also, um, they just got really crazy they were also really headstrong about exposing the posers pretty much Figures. during their live acts um i read this one quote from a band member um who said that usually by the second song you'd have like 300 people or so like in the room but usually by the mm-hmm. second a song second song only 50 people <laughs> would be left because you know <laughs> the band or the crowd sorry the crowd just goes hard they you know i think between the three of us, we've seen our fair share of, like, mosh pits. Oh, yeah. But oh, these I, are, I, like... Yeah, I can never <laughs> survive a fucking black metal concert. 
like oh, these God. are intense. I would have gotten like my neck broken probably. God. Yeah, like these are like at least ten times more intense of the ones that we've probably seen or witnessed or even heard of. Sure. And um, and also it, the imagery. So like the. Just the darkness, the dead animals, you know, can be very upsetting for a lot of people. Um, so they're like, yeah, fuck this. I'm out <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, where the hell was PETA on that nonsense? Oh, I'm sure they have something to say about that. Oh, my God. I thought you meant like PETA from Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> He's just been hiding in the mud this whole time. He's like, what am I supposed I was to like, do? Was he- <laughs> Was he their makeup artist? Like, <laughs> um, no, I'm like, PETA's good for nothing. Why couldn't they, I don't know, gone over there and pulled their bullshit? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, there yes. were two waves, like notable waves of black metal. One was in the 80s. Um, pioneer bands of the first wave include uh, Venom, Bathory, Hellhammer, and Merciful Fate, which Merciful Fate, they're still like doing the damn thing to this day, too. So that's pretty cool. I actually say. think I might know a couple songs by then, now that you mention it. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, Dad, Dad has a Venom record in his collection, which I already called dibs on when he dies. So, that's so um, fun. I don't listen to black metal. I mean, does Dad listen to black metal? He's pretty metal. On occasion. He is pretty metal. He's pretty metal. Um, and then the second wave in the 90s included bands like Mayhem, um, Burzum, Immortal, and Gorgoroth. Oh, I actually, I've heard of yep. Gorgoroth, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, neat. So, that's just a kind of a background on the, you know, black metal slash Norwegian black metal scene in its history. That would be kind of cool to include. So, now we're going to talk about the band. Finally, um, mm-hmm. I wanted, I thought it would be just best to kind of talk about the band members that are involved heavily in the story and then get into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm so sorry for my pronunciations of people, <laughs> but I'm trying my best out here. Okay, guys, it's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> the first person we're going to be talking about is, okay, Aisten Arseth. Okay. AKA Euronymous. I will be referring to him as Euronymous throughout this whole story. He is a founding member of the band. They founded the band in 1984. Um, He, um, what's that word? Uh, When you like do something, like you give something. You give something? Contributed. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Um, He contributed vocals and guitar (laughs) to the band. That was actually the word I was going to say. Oh, thanks, Cam. You got me. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he was born March 22nd, 1968. He died August 10th, 1993. Spoiler alert. Um, he's considered a founder and a central figure to the Norwegian black metal scene. He also founded his own quote-unquote extreme metal record label called Death Like Silence Productions. And he also owned a record shop called Helvete, which he opened in 1991. That's also where they held their record label, I guess. Hmm. Does that make sense? They held their record label at the shop? They, like, is that where the, like, uh, headquarters was or whatever? Yeah, the headquarters. So Helvete was also where the headquarters of their, of his record label was. Helvete was not only a record shop. It was kind of like a hangout spot for local musicians of the scene and also fans of the scene, too. Um, 
Mayhem slash Hieronymus was also responsible for getting a lot of like Norwegian black metal bands like going um, because of his record label and whatnot. The shop was decorated with like band posters, black paint, medieval weapons. They also only sold metal records, so you wouldn't, you know, find a sure Run DMC or a Celine Dion record there. <laughs> There's no Steve <laughs> in there. <laughs> A writer for the fanzine called Slayer said the opening of Helvete was the creation of the whole Norwegian black metal scene. The black metal scene was super important to Euronymous. He kind of it ended up bleeding his whole life and controlling his whole life. In a way, he was also quoted to be very godlike. Um, like nobody could be better than him in the scene. Oh. He had to be oh. like the leader of everything. I'm the leader. And then um also with the shop Helvete, I I'm so sorry, I'm like Americanizing that word so bad. It's okay. That there was like kind of like hangout spots in the basement and mm-hmm. if you were allowed down there you were in the inner circle. So kind of borderline culty things, but you know, it does kind of sound a little culty. <laughs> I think it just sounds like VIP club. Mm. Okay, that's a better way to think about it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be part of a cult? Just call yourself a VIP. There you go. Exactly. Perfect. Um, and then we have Yorn Stubberod, also known as Necro Butcher, which I will be referring to him as Necro Butcher. Throughout this whole episode, mm-hmm. he, again, he's one of the founding members. Um, he contributed bass. He left the band in 1991 after the death of their singer. Spoiler alert. He was heavily displeased with Euronymous during that time. But in 1995, he reformed the band. And like I said, he's the only existing original member in the band to this day. Pretty cool. I think so. Anyway. I think so. And then we have... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just do your best. God damn. Okay. Shetil Mannheim. Yep. He's a founding member. Right. He contributed drums. He's not a big part of the story. I just wanted to include his name because he was a founding member. Mm-hmm. Um, he was replaced in 1988 by a dude named jo- Jan Axel Blommer, who's also known probably as Probably actually pronounced Jan. If I had to take a, a shot in the dark, it's probably Jan Axel. Yeah, probably. Oh, but yeah, you know, probably. phonics is fun. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, in this podcast, sure. he's Jan. <laughs> okay, and then I want to introduce. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the pronunciation of this several times. I promise. Pervin Olin, also known as Dead. Which, again, I'm very much going to refer to him as dead in this episode because I cannot say his real name. Not to uh, be that person, but but is that is that with pun intended? <laughs> I tried not to intend it, but it just, there's it no just way around it. just kind of came out. out. <laughs> not, not to be that dark humor person, but... <laughs> Um, He joined the band in 1988. He became the official vocalist. They finally had, like, you know, a real lead singer or whatever. Cool. He's from Sweden. Prior to being the vocalist for Mayhem, he was in a band called Morbid. 
Um, uh, a little background to him. He became obsessed with death, hence his name, after being clinically declared dead at the age of 10. Um, he claimed his spleen had ruptured because of an ice skating accident, but um, his Ooh. brother wrote in a biography of some sort that he was actually very much so bullied at school and i think he was beat up to the point of his spleen rupturing whoa Ooh. yeah Wait, so so he got beat up when he was 10 declared dead but then what did he did he come back after resuscitation or did he just wake up and yeah. the coroner was like holy fuck he just he just woke up dead <laughs> you wake know up dead <laughs> After researching this guy, I wouldn't be surprised if he woke up dead. <laughs> um, but that's neat. I'm assuming, obviously, you know, he was resuscitated. It's like that but... scene in Halloween mm-hmm. when they have Michael in the body bag, and then he just sits up behind the the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So after that, he just kind of became obsessed with death. Um, he became the official vocalist for Mayhem in 1988 um, after hearing the band was looking for a vocalist um, his way of getting their attention was he sent a package to the members containing a demo tape a letter detailing the plans his plans for the future which I wasn't able to find out if it meant like future of the band future of the Uh, scene of himself of norway of what just the general Um, future because maybe he's no shirt on us i mean (laughs) you never know um he also included a crucified mouse oh so that's he wasn't messing around uh, really something jesus mouse (laughs) (laughs) rest in peace little guy (laughs) oh jesus mouse um (laughs) oh Oh, no oh no (laughs) he was described as being odd and introverted he greatly suffered from depression among i'm assuming and i'm sure a number of other mental illnesses that were never treated or maybe even acknowledged just contributed to his odd quote-unquote personality and ultimately to his death Mm. he preferred to be secluded from people and also technology he was very against i wouldn't say against technology he rejected it he wanted nothing to do with it um just did not like it made him very uncomfortable Uh. and so i guess he found solace in the forest in the woods which i feel like a lot of people do but i feel like his was very more deep with how he i guess like felt about you know being in solitude than other people yeah um Mm -hmm. he for performances dead he would bury his clothes in the ground for several days prior and wear them on stage, so he smelled like a grave. <laughs> That's um, I've actually heard that before. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I don't know a whole lot about this story, um, mostly because I wanted to get like my genuine reaction to stuff for the recording. But like, I I've heard that story before, and I don't know where mm. or why. That's the only thing I know about this. Really, so <laughs> <laughs> he used to bury his clothes. I feel like that's even like the most like mundane thing he did too. Right. Bury his clothes and then wear them. <laughs> 
He was also known. He found a dead crow apparently one day, and like you do, he put it in a plastic bag, and then he carried the bag around with him. And would sniff the dead crow in the bag to give him a sense of death, I guess. Interesting. Get him in the mood, you know what I mean? Get him in the mood. It's the vibe. The dead mood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was also really notorious for cutting himself on stage. And by cutting himself in front of his friends, um, a lot of um, things that I read, you know, talked about how he would just, like, cut himself in front of his friends mm. and his friends would have to either patch him up or like take him to the hospital. Jesus. Oh wow. There was one time he cut himself so deep on stage that he's like not him but other people were like we got to take you to the hospital but by the time they got to the hospital gets his blood had it already clotted. He was good. There was no need for stitches but this dude did not mess around. And I feel like yes. him compared to like Euronymous dead was doing these things because he truly felt like that was what he wanted to do mm-hmm. where i feel mm-hmm. like euronymous was like oh my god this looks sick let's do it you know he was about the aesthetic versus the lifestyle basically yeah 100 uh, percent. dead okay. was like this is who i am and euronymous was like all right uh that's a little weird but let's do this instead <laughs> he's but dad was like it's not a phase mom oh yeah literally that dude committed um, several things anyway we should have been committed um oh, yes yeah. it, it honestly makes me really sad um no and yeah he mm-hmm. died at a super young age like yeah he oh, was 22 sure. when he died he's a baby mm. and like i don't know mm like a whole whole lot about Norway and stuff but I would imagine even back in the 90s they probably had like socialized healthcare and stuff like that mm-hmm. so oh yeah I would think so dead contributed to nine various mayhem albums slash singles whether it was a recorded official you know album or an EP or a bootleg live album you know, those of the sorts. So he did contribute mm-hmm. to quite a few other releases. So mm-hmm. that's just a little bit about him. I would honestly like to talk about him forever. Not forever, but for a longer amount of time. But yeah. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> but our last episode was like an hour and a half long. So we should probably keep this one like a normal length just for like our listeners' sake. <laughs> just for some spice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the last person I want to introduce before we get into the story is Christian Varg Vikernes. I will be referring to him as Varg. His current and legal name is Louis Cachet. Cachet. Sure. Okay. I was going to say, was it Cachet? Mm -hmm. He joined Mayhem in 1992, a year after Dad's death. Spoiler alert. He replaced Necro Butcher. Necro Butcher had left the band because he was really displeased with Euronymous. Mm -hmm. He had known the band prior to joining the band. He um, was kind of part of the inner circle or at least wanting to be part of it he recorded bass for the band um he also had a side project called burzum which is one of the bands i mentioned earlier yeah he (laughs) summed up he burned down churches he killed a guy at least one Uh, and he is a neo-nazi so yeah neat Love that for him. Yeah. Sounds like a real, real shitty dude. A lot of band members within, like, the black metal scene have obviously 
and thankfully, you know, come out and said that, hey, we're not like that. We don't support this. This genre is not about that. Um, that dude just kind of off on his own thing. He is very much so alive to this day. He has a blog about his thoughts. <laughs> Um, of course he does. Which I read and then clicked out of quite quickly. Uh, I bet. I was going to say, are, are a lot of those thoughts, I'm guessing, having to deal with um, some pretty extreme views, sounds like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I read about his coming up. And this, mm-hmm. this dude from a young age, he was just very, white is right, pretty much. Ugh. Which is disgusting. So that is pretty gross. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns before I get into the story? There's a lot going on. I had told you I was laughing when I initially started the research process for this because I was like, you know what? I would. I would. I would choose (laughs) this type of story. That is so it's so much deeper than I'm even like talking about today. Like yeah, yeah. I'll you it. you asked for a little bit of help on the research, and I started getting into it, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, is this <laughs> gonna have to be like a five part episode? What are we doing here?" I know. Right? Like, I think the thing that I'm thinking of right now, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking, is like, "Okay, but this is like a spooky stuff podcast, not like a metal his the history of black metal <laughs> podcast." So, so like, where where does it get you know spooky? I oh, mean, real he carried quick, around let me tell a you. dead crow in a bag to smell it. That's pretty spooky. Well, that's not like paranormal spooky. That's that guy needed uh, institutionalized. What about the ghost of little mouse Jesus? Yeah, Cam. Yes, that's true. The father. What about him? The Holy Ghost Spirit. <laughs> and the Holy Mouse. <laughs> the Holy the Holy Mouse Spirit. Sorry. I do have a quick question though. Before we move on though, mm-hmm. what would your black metal name be? Oh gosh! Stop. <laughs> I still haven't made the <laughs> the harpy one. <laughs> Actually, I started it while while we were setting up, so I know we'll have that done soon. <laughs> alongside with the harpy. What's your harpy name? We need a what's your black metal name next? <laughs> yeah, my black metal like... name would be Berserker. That's Stop. a no. You can't. You can't take that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can't do that. My love for you is I like think, a uh, <laughs> Oh my god. I'm pretty sure that would be um, copyright infringement. Yeah. Actually, so. <laughs> would you like to making fuck? No. <laughs> You're making this very difficult for me right now. All of a sudden, Jay just like pops through the window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this would be a great time to point out that some of my kids listen to this show. Oh. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> this episode is actually age-restricted. Um. <laughs> right? Did actually, he just say not. fuck? <laughs> what Go does that ahead. even mean? <laughs> Who knows? Okay, anyway. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> Please. Okay. Keep, keep that in the back of your thoughts, so. I don't. I don't want to, actually. I'm good. <laughs> Mine would be like Blood Knight or something like that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Jeez. My name is Blood Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually sounds like your vampire name. I'm not sure that's the same thing. See, I was trying to think of like a black metal name, but all I'm getting is like 2008 scene kid name. Yes. <laughs> where it was like the whatever your name starts with, like some like dark 
word quote unquote dark uh word that like goes with that like cam carnage or some shit like that like that's all i got <laughs> oh my gosh do you guys side note do you guys remember that video of those two girls and it's like my name's like raven and they just like start singing evanescence yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh. Hi, we're old. Anyway, every yeah. one of us felt that video on a spiritual level. Let me tell you, <laughs> for real, you know, just hella aged ourselves. Um, oh God. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So again, <laughs> Mayhem is noted as being the darkest band of all time, and now I'm going to finally tell you why. Cool. They have a super, super dark and chaotic history, and it's not even a long history. You know, all this yeah. stuff happened probably within, like, five years. Oof. So, again, um, the band was founded by Euronymous, Necro Butcher, and Mannheim. They got their name from a Venom song titled Mayhem with Mercy. Oh, fun fact. Oh, interesting. They were heavily, heavily influenced by bands like Death, Venom, Motorhead, Slayer, Black Sabbath, and Hellhammer. They even started out by covering songs by Venom, Black Sabbath, and Motorhead. Rest in peace, Lemmy. They recorded a demo. Being able to cover Motor... Sorry, I don't mean to, like, interrupt, but being able to do covers of Motorhead, that's, uh... Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. (laughs) Well, that's actually fairly impressive like okay yeah especially with how lemmy sounds ridiculous mm, yeah, um for sure. in 1987 they finally released and recorded or i guess they recorded and released a demo called pure fucking adrenaline oh. this was like their first ep this was a huge deal because even though they had became a band and 1984, it took them three years to get something recorded and get something out. But even in between, like, their demo finally releasing, they had already um, gained a pretty close-knit following of people in the scene. Um, Or people who kind of were just like, hey, this is kind of cool. And um, they really started, like, following, like, groupies. But not really. So. But it's, you know, metal and stuff. <laughs> um, I feel like that kind of, like, close-knit community is really, like, common in metal communities. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, been something that I noticed, you know. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It, I feel like in being so, like, anti-establishment or, well, not, I guess that's more, like, punk, but... You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of it's anti- kind of ironic. Yeah, in yeah. metal. Yeah, anti whatever, 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 right? Like, it, you you kind of, like, create that bond, like, with between, like, bands and audiences or even just, like, amongst the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like being at a metal concert, I feel like more of a group versus being at, like, uh, like, when we go to Brit Floyd and stuff, like, you're an individual at a concert you know what i mean mm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah I, I don't yeah i feel like of all the shows that i've ever been to i have felt like the biggest sense of like i guess belonging at yeah yeah, yeah. metal shows that, that's yeah that's a Same. really good way to put it besides queen's right yeah, yeah, <laughs> but besides queen's right but that wasn't because of queen's right it was because that one drunk dude <laughs> well that wasn't even the show time, i went to the, i was oh, gonna say right. erica wasn't even at that that's one that's true yeah that the was, one before that that, that dude the... punched dad in the face <laughs> and then oh he, yeah that's true and he called me a whore 
Um, And then the one after that, the other (laughs) new dude tried to punch dad in the face. (laughs) Because I yell at him. I still feel bad about that. I know it wasn't my fault, but like. I was going to say, don't feel bad. That dude was an asshole. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And then he tried to fight a 16-year-old at his first concert ever. And I was like, dude, you're going to go to jail. (laughs) Anyway, for some reason, anyone out there, if you go to a Queensryche concert, just (laughs) be be, careful. Just be careful. (laughs) I don't know why. It's not even fucking metal. But like, just, just. Be careful. Well, it's also like it's an older band. They're from the 80s. So the, you know, their target audience is also older. So these, you wouldn't think that these older fans are going to be moshing and trying to punch a freaking 16 year old over here. But hey, you never know. Or trying to make out with their girlfriend on top of other people. Which is disgusting. Or trying to push to the front during intermission. (laughs) Yeah. Weirdo. Like I remember not my first concert. You're right. You're right. He's like, oh, it's a con- it's like it's a metal concert. No, shut up. Go sit down. You're fucking drunk. Get out. Right? <laughs> you don't even know anyway. who you are. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but ultimately, I I do agree with both of you. I feel like within like metal specifically, because you can't even. I don't even feel this way with like rock. But yeah, metal right. specifically, there's a real sense of solidarity and mm-hmm. even belonging. But mm-hmm. there is also, we have to point out, like, a subculture of, mm. like, white supremacy that usually falls in line with the yeah. genre and stuff Ugh. like that. So it's, like, solidarity, but, but we don't tolerate racism or exactly. being an asshole. So, yeah. We will kick right. Nazis off our stages. A hundred percent. It might not even be my stage. I'm still right? going to kick you off. I'll pull like a it. Nazi up onto a stage so I can kick him off. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry for leading us down this tangent. I just felt like I <laughs> no, I think it was a good tangent. Out. I think it's a very good point to make. And I, I think people who do listen to like the metal genre or even like I guess like the harder rock genre can relate yeah. to it. Um Yeah, and it, and like I know not I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that metal's not uh everybody's genre of choice. So I feel like having that kind of background knowledge, uh it puts things into a kind of a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. Anyway. Sorry, continue. <laughs> All right. Their kind of main goal for their music and the creation of their music, um, they wanted you to feel like shit. They wanted to make you feel like <laughs> shit. Cool. They That's weird. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting goal. They were kind of getting pissed off at other bands, not in necessarily in the black metal scene, but I guess in the metal scene, um, bands like Kiss and Scorpions because they felt like they were getting too trendy. Um, hair metal was a thing. You know, Natch. during this time. Um, <laughs> oh, I th- bet they hated D. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> they they just they just felt like the essence, I guess, of like metal was uh, being lost, it was being diluted. Yes, yeah. with by the makeup normies. and hairspray. Um, <laughs> and they okay. also they weren't necessarily interested in being entertaining, like bands, you know, like Maiden. You know, that's a very good example when they, you know, perform live. They are very theatric. Yeah. It is such a yeah. good show. I'm so excited for a couple Maiden. weeks, Amanda. Um, yeah. 
But also, I think, kind of wanted to seclude themselves from other genres and wanted to, quote unquote, Mm. like, break free of, like, black metal chains. So that's why they did the things that they did, apparently, I guess. Mm. So I'm wondering, because the whole group was so young at this point, like, Mm -hmm. to have opinions like that, I wonder if it more came out of, like... A, a distrust or a dislike for what they were seeing in other bands or if it just came from like that that quote unquote snowflake mentality where it's like we we have to be different from everyone else you know what i mean mm-hmm. they um, were yeah. they were also very young but they were also just very pissed off yeah it sounds like they're like really jaded yeah like that's oh, kind yeah, of the that, vibe i'm that getting that makes sense yeah another goal of their their music making was to you know piss off christians piss off piss off like christianity um and that's not hard to do it's really not they're kind of triggered by everything honestly they call us snowflakes okay go off for real (laughs) anyway go off and drink your jesus blood um they were i'm not too sure how religion is in norway um but if it's anything like it is here in america like i'd be pissed off at christians too oh okay yeah so actually i do have some research on that that i can i can back you up on that so it's (laughs) actually i don't want to say worse because that's it's not necessarily a negative thing but religion actually plays much more of a role um, in their, like, politics and the way that the state is run than it does mm. here in the states, which is saying something huh. considering the recent decisions made on, like, Roe v. Wade and stuff. <sighs> yeah. But um, the – so basically the state was never officially separated from the church – And so I know, like, a lot of what Mayhem specifically was against was the state because it was still a part of the church. Now, what part of the church I have to Like, what branch of the church, TM? Did you say what brand of religion? (laughs) Yeah, what brand is your religion? Gucci. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was Catholicism. Swag. <laughs> oh God! I was it maybe Christianity because in my research that was a big thing was like an- very anti-Christian. They're Lutheran. Oh, oh yeah, I was gonna okay. say probably Protestant. I was gonna say yeah. Protestant was gonna be my OG guess, but I mean they're all like they're all branches of Christianity. Well, Lutheran is a Protestant religion. So wait, you mean they're subgenres of the religion of the subgenre? Oh, you think yeah. metal? There's a shit ton oh, yeah. of subgenres of metal. Because we are not my, getting my into religion. Lutheran, <laughs> but oh, Lutheran is also Protestant. Yeah. I okay. Know. Well, Protestants, which yeah, actually that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. So they're Duly noted. Very anti-church. Very anti-Christian. Hmm. Very anti everything. Which, like me personally, I'm not anti-religion, but I yeah. am anti when your religion starts to dictate what I do with my life so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's where i stand too yeah that's where it it becomes a contentious issue if you will (laughs) oh which we are not opening that can of worms let me tell you no that's (laughs) not (laughs) we'll be here a while dead and hellhammer replaced maniac who was um like a session vocalist and Mm manheim in 1988 um which you know 
after that, their live shows became notorious. This is when Dead would, like, pull out his dead crow in a bag. You know, kind of like she could bake, but it's a dead crow. God, that is so (laughs) gross, Erica. What the hell? That is disgusting. So, okay, so my impression, so this sentence you have in your notes, right? Oh, God. Dead would smell the dead crow bag and wear his grave clothes and cut himself on stage. Do you want to know what I'm imagining right now? Oh, no. What? Do you remember the zombie character from Hocus Pocus? Yes. Oh my god, Billy? Yeah, that, that, that's that gotta be dead, right? I mean, he looked a little different, but... <laughs> I'm I mean, up. the timeline kind of fits. <laughs> <laughs> that movie does take place in 93, so... Mm, conspiracy? I do a Google. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, him out of makeup, he was actually really pretty. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah, so this is, you know... When Dad would pull out his chicken bake crow in a bag, um, he would wear his grave clothes, cut himself on stage. You know, this is where they would start throwing the rotting animal flesh into the audience. Um, their ambiance was very—I would—I don't want to say like gothic, but it was very dark. Was like mm. the aesthetic of their live shows, but yeah. just also very loud too like because it. it's fucking metal. Yeah. So, this part gets a little funny. It's funny to me for some reason. I don't know. In uh, 1988, yep, in 1988, they began writing lyrics for their album, De Mysterious Dom Sathanos, Sathanos, which, using my context clues, I was trying to translate it, and I was like, <laughs> the mystery of Satan? Or <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um... This band did not come out until 19... Or, sorry, this album did not come out until 1994. um, Because there was a lot of shit that happened in between that caused them to constantly push back the release date. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is the only band... Or, sorry, it is the band's only studio album to include Euronymous and Varg on it. Oh, like, together? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So and those were the two that re- that hated each other, right? Yeah. I mean, they all. Oh wait, no. Hang on. I'm sorry. Each other. Is Vark is the neo Nazi? Vark is the neo Nazi. Euronymous is the god like character. I need a chart. <laughs> god complex. I know. I know. You know right. That I Sunny in like Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're all just trying to connect the dots. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm going to get into probably like the first major thing to happen in the band to kind of put him on the map. Why, you know, I mm-hmm. think it belongs in this series of our podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Again, trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about suicide and blood and guns and things in this part of the podcast. Okay. In 1990, the band moved into an old house in a forest near Oslo. This house was very secluded. The members of the band, I had trouble figuring out who it was. Some websites said it was only three members. Some said it was like four members. But the members included at this time, Euronymous, Neko Butcher, Dead, and Hellhammer. So Euronymous, so this is our god complex. Necro Butcher is, is that, that's the one that's still in the band? To this day, yes. Yes. He's okay. the OG, I guess. Dead, Dead was the crow boy. Mm-hmm. And Hellhammer is just Hellhammer. Yeah. Just, yeah. okay. Okay, okay. He's just vibing. Vibing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> they use this house as a place to rehearse and write lyrics for the upcoming album, which that is very, very common with bands. They'll do that. Mm-hmm. But it is said that, like, while living all together, Dead and Euronymous just, like, got on each other's nerves. But it was more so, like, Euronymous was getting on Dead's nerves. Uh-huh. Hellhammer recalls one night that Dead went to go sleep outside because Euronymous was playing synth music to taunt him because he knew Dead hated synth music. Mm. Um, allegedly. After Dead went outside, Euronymous Followed him, shooting a shotgun into the air. And then also, allegedly, <laughs> um, allegedly, Euronymous pointed the shotgun at Dead's head. And then Dead told him to shoot. And obviously, Euronymous didn't shoot. So they had a very, I feel like that, like, that's not a good relationship. Very... Yeah, it's pretty, um, not I would okay. to say pretty toxic. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that word, but that is pretty I toxic. <laughs> um, uh, you know... <laughs> If the shoe fits. <laughs> um, it is also said by Varg um, later on that Dead stabbed Euronymous at some point during an altercation. They just mm. really, like, heckin' hated each other. Yeah, do be sounding like that, yeah. Whatever friendship they might have had before that, um, completely gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, Euronymous was taunting him and kind of pushing him because he thought his, like, negativity, like, his outlook on life really fit the band's image. Ah. So that's why he was kind of an asshole to him. That's, yeah, um, that's interesting. And I can, I can understand, too, why these two would butt heads because you've got Dead who's doing it like as a lifestyle like this is mm-hmm. who he mm-hmm. is this is how he feels and you've got Euronymous who's doing it for I I mean I can't say for sure I'm I'm not Euronymous but it seems more he's doing like kind of the aesthetic aspect of it so right, that's right. two like very opposing forces I can understand how that could be like a good start to contention between the two right mm-hmm. um, April 8th, 1991, Dead was alone in the house. He had locked all the doors, went upstairs into his room, and he committed suicide. He slit his wrist and and then slit his throat with a hunting knife. Um, While he was bleeding, he wrote his suicide note, um, which the first line reads, Excuse the blood, but I have slit my wrist and neck. He then shot himself in the head with a shotgun. It is speculated he did that because he wasn't dying quick enough from the yeah. knife wounds. Um, I read in an article that the air might have been too cold and his so his blood was clotting a lot quicker. Oh. And he, I, I guess his... I feel like he might have always had a plan to kill himself like that. Like, he wasn't going to grow old. He wasn't going to, you know, marry, have kids, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. with how his mind worked, from at least from what I know, um, it, like, that was his, I guess, path. His end game. Yeah. No penitent. <laughs> Sorry. In his suicide note, he mentioned that his intention was to die in the woods, so it would take a few days before he was found, oh. maybe hoping that he would, um, what's that word when you die? decompose um hoping that he would you know decompose that yeah it was a pretty gruesome scene yeah for sure and i just want to throw this out um there is a movie about the story um 
It's called Lords of Chaos. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good movie, but they do show the entire suicide scene. And I mean the entire suicide mm-hmm. scene. And they did not put a trigger warning on that movie. And I almost fucking threw up while watching it. Um, yeah, that sounds just like a lot. Just know if you watch that movie because you're like, oh, I love that one Culkin brother. <laughs> Don't. Well, that one Culkin brother. <laughs> you know, the other anyway, Culkin. The one. Yeah. I think there's also like a, a Criminal Minds episode that's kind of loosely based off of this too. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Yeah, right. But that's, that's beside the point. <laughs> Personally, I don't think anything had triggered him the day he decided to do it. Again, it just seemed like he was always in a dark place and he was secluding himself and Mm. everything just going on around him, I know, did not help and maybe just pushed him farther into that seclusion. I was actually going to ask if there was like speculation on whether... uh... Euronymous might have triggered something like that just because he was pushing him so much. There yeah, definitely but... was. Some of, yeah. like, friends of the band, uh, you know, they said that they think maybe Euronymous had left him alone on purpose, hoping he would kill himself. Oh. So, ag- again, just their relationship was not okay at all. Right, right. It's and, like, not... I guess... It's not good, and I don't. I don't want to like speculate or allege yeah, this. Right. This is just shooting uh-huh. the shit. But I, I feel like with kind of what we've talked about, Euronymous, it feels like he feels that it's possible the band could even benefit mm-hmm. from mm. dead from that committing kind of... suicide. Yeah, right. <laughs> just you the... wait. I'm just oh good. Oh good. Again, Euronymous was known to encourage dead. To kill himself, he felt like death's negativity uh, and outlook, you know, fit the band's image. It re- really boosts them, I guess. Um, that... Sorry, I just... That, that's <laughs> really fucked up. No, no, it is. It really is. Because um, you're talking about this young boy who just took his own right. life. and He's a kid. Like, yeah. what the hell? And you're talking about someone's life here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. and he was just, like, disregarding everything about a human life. Yeah. After um, his death, um, Dad's death, um, mm-hmm. Irana misused his death to, quote-unquote, foster the band's evil image. And he said that Dead had killed himself because black metal had become too trendy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That is such a disgusting way to phrase, like, somebody who's supposed to be your friend, or at the very least, kind of like a co-worker, Mm -hmm. because you're in the same band, right? Like, that just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Euronymous was the one to find Dead's body. Um, He had to climb through um, a window because, again, Dead had locked all the doors. Mm -hmm. Once he found Dead's body, you know, typically, I feel like, you know, the normal person, if they were to find a dead body, what would you do? I don't know. Call Call the police. police. Exactly. Yeah. No. Police. Let them take care of it. I'm sure that's not what he did, though, is it? (laughs) No. This dude... After, I'm sure, looking at his dead body for a minute or two, um, Uh, surveying the scene, you know, all that, he went out to, like, a corner store or whatever they may have in Norway, bought a disposable camera. He came back to the house. He took pictures of Dead's body and the scene. um, He was even 
said that he had moved his body to kind of be, I guess, a little Um, bit more aesthetically pleasing. Whatever way he thought would be cool. This aesthetically pleasing dead body. What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. And with those photos, um, he said that he had gotten rid of them, but he never did. One of the photos was actually used for the cover of a bootleg uh, live album. No. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the... Like, I just can't imagine the thought process that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just not metal enough. That's not even metal. Like, that's, yeah, like, Yeah, I was going to say, psychopath. I feel like that's, like... Yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely, like fucking not to say like insane but it's kind of that's that's yeah no that's not okay Mm -mm. i feel like too that kind of feeds into the speculation we were just talking about about how he might use this to you know bolster the band yeah um oh yeah god it has been confirmed by members of the inner circle and the band that Euronymous took pieces of dead skull and then mm. fashioned the pieces into necklaces. Um, it, he supposedly gifted the necklaces um, to members of the band or the inner circle. And that really just signified that you were in it. You were like in their club Jeez. or cult, depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah. This huh. one is speculated. Um, now we're confirmed. We cannot confirm it, unfortunately. But I don't think I want to confirm it. Fair. That he no. made a soup out of <clears throat> his bone fragments and maybe a little bit of brain matter. Oh, What? In my notes, I put the good soup meme, but I don't really feel <laughs> like Why this is- Why are you is- <laughs> shopping at the soup store? <laughs> um, oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Now, okay, I guess since this is speculation that, that it would be kind of hard to figure this out, but like- is there any idea how he got the bones? So the scope. He was I'm there assuming. before the police were contacted, so he could have taken. I mean, if he shot himself, there would be probably mm-hmm. skull brain fragments. Matter. Yeah, and yeah, brain matter, yeah. So like the splatter. skull parts make sense, but if you're gonna make a soup out of bones, it doesn't make sense to do that with the skull bones. I mean, because yeah, there's, there's no, there's, marrow, there, anything, there's no marrow in there. I don't really uh, feel comfortable. Unless it was like a ritual. Disgusting. Can we like, not speculate his bone broth method? How, how you would make a bouillon out of people? A bouillon. Also, okay, if you okay. Will. Just one last pro tip for all the the folks making Stop. people soup out there. Um, don't eat people brains. There's things called prions, and they will fuck oh, you yeah. up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll actually die probably, but tell that to Hannibal Lecter. Well, good uh, thing he doesn't. Eat brains, doesn't so listen to our podcast. He did. So. No, he he served the brain to the the guy oh, himself. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I like his own brain, well. right? To the dude. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, Silence of the Lambs, good movie, very gross. That one's not <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. That's Hannibal. Oh, that right? was that was Hannibal. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, fake fan. Anyway. Yeah. Let's, keep, let's just let's keep going throw yeah, so, up, fun please. fact can't make soup out of a skull i don't think and don't eat the brain yeah just fun People brain cannibalism anyway. facts also i, I don't, don't know why i know these yeah i'm gonna say it's the tism but <laughs> probably because i'm not I'm, I'm not pro cannibal 
No, because that's weird. Okay. That's good to know. I'm glad you confirmed that for the people. Really noted. I just have to let the people know that I'm not into it. That's not my thing. But for some reason, I know a bit about it. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel death's death, or sorry, dead's death affected Euronymous, yeah. I feel like, in two different significant ways. One, it hella fueled his godlike complex um, mm. and his attitude, but at the same time, it kind of drove him insane. Um, he became obsessed with it. it Necro Butcher said that Euronymous kind of had like a mental break um, after everything that happened, and he also said that the way Euronymous had acted after finding his dead body, because if imagine walking in on that scene, you were the person to walk in on that scene. You would not be okay. Traditionally, I feel like. Right. Assuming anyway. <laughs> but I can only imagine that that would kind of mess you up a little bit at least. Right. But it was, it, I feel like it messed him up in a, a different way. In the sense, it just made him more obsessed with becoming, I guess, number one in the scene or whatever. Well, I mean, like, even just his actions after finding him speak, like, so much to, Mm -hmm. like, what his mental state kind of was. Like, definitely. There was clearly, like, a dissociation going on there from, like, whoa, this person who used to be my friend is clearly dead in front of me versus like i should call the police or i should go yeah. to the cornerstone and get a camera and take pictures yeah like there's just something's not connecting there right <laughs> at all um no. necro butcher along with some friends of the band were very disgusted with how Euronymous mm-hmm. was treating his death and how he was kind of publicizing it in a way yeah and so, you know, Neko Butcher ended up leaving the band, ultimately. Neko Butcher claimed in an interview in 2019 that he had plans to kill Euronymous because of his actions. Oh, my God. But Varg had beat him to it. Spoiler alert. Oh, shit. So. Jeez. I think um, maybe some therapy <laughs> would be beneficial here. God. Yeah. I think I need therapy after just researching this. Oh my gosh. Right. Everyone needs a little therapy as a treat. As a treat. So kind of the second part of our story. I broke it up in my notes. I'm talking about church arson. Okay. I don't know where that one rates on like the best kind of arson, but you know. Um <laughs> it's important. On a scale of one to ten, what level of arson is this? Um, I would say maybe like six or seven. Because would you rather oh, nice. burn down like a hospital or a church? Oh, a church for sure. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, anyway, I wanted to include this because this is part I feel like of why the band is kind of notorious and why they were put you know, quote-unquote, on the map, Mm. why they were disliked by a lot of people. (laughs) So, in June of 1992, the Fantoft Stave Church was burned to the ground. Varg, who had his side project, Burzum, used the photo, or used a photo of the aftermath for his EP cover. Mm. By 1993, seven other significant churches 
were burned down. I'm going to get, I'm going to kind of like circle back to that later to talk about which one Varg slash other people of the scene were involved with Mm. because they were the ones responsible for it because they were trying to make, you know, Christians scared of them. They kind of, these churches and these chapels held a lot of like historical significance. Like for me personally, I'm not religious, but I have seen like, I think Catholic church architecture is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah, is amazing. Like, oh, like I Catholics, can appreciate the art. They know what they're doing. Their, their <laughs> churches are so beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. But they didn't quite see it that way. They kind of just thought it, I guess their reasoning for burning down the churches was one, maybe they just liked fire. I don't know. I think we all went through that pyro phase. Sure. Two, they wanted to make a statement kind of, I guess, signifying that Christianity, you know, was nothing but a building, you know, to a lot of mm-hmm. people because, you know, this is very, might be opinionated. But when you pray to a god or you are religious, you're not religious to a building. You're religious mm, is okay, to I like a deity or did I say that right? A deity? Um, deity. Yeah. Your religion is to a deity. So... It's like, I guess I kind of, and you don't have to include this part, but it's kind of like the beginning of COVID when people couldn't go to church physically and they were pissed off about that. It's like, Mm -hmm. you going to church doesn't make you a good Christian. What makes you a good Christian is doing Christian things. Like, doing the not hating gay people. I don't know. And denying women their rights. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I talked about the burning of the churches because it was very awestrucking too for the people of Norway because again, they're a very religious country and mm-hmm. it was a huge like slap in the face. I would posit that it's pretty incendiary. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good sorry. one. Okay. <laughs> yep. Euronymous <laughs> was mainly only involved with one of the arson activities um and <laughs> um one of the people that hung out with them a lot his name was Faust and um Faust just kind of believed that Euronymous got involved because he felt like he had to prove that he could be a part of it and not just in the background so he was kind of just doing it to keep up with the facade. He didn't actually mean, you know, or like believe or feel how important. Okay, so like, like here, here's what my question is on that. You said that they spent a lot of time like in their shows weeding out the posers, right? Mm-hmm. But what he's doing is kind of being a poser, but yeah. like in a really illegal, super bad way <laughs> so like what is the truth but there? isn't it how that always works out like oh, that's always sure. the case yeah 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 i wonder if euronymous if he can even uh name three songs of the band <laughs> <laughs> you can't even name three churches that burned down huh? <laughs> allegedly euronymous and Varg had plans to bomb the Daros. uh Uteros uh, Cathedral. Um, the plans were halted due to Varg killing Euronymous. So, ah. hey, I could see why that would put a, <laughs> a wrench in there. So, the next part of our story, kind of like the final part, 
of what we'll be discussing today. So in the year of 1993, the relationship between Varg and Euronymous just, they were bashing heads. They Mm. did not get along. They did not really like each other. And there's several, like, I guess, like, reasons why, but none of them were truly confirmed. I'm sensing a theme here with Euronymous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe they aren't the problem. He is. But. Yeah. I'm not saying Varg is a good person, but. Mm. So, in January of 1993... Varg gave an anonymous interview to a Norway newspaper called Bergens Tidende? Tiden? To a Norway newspaper. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Under the pseudonym Count Grishnok. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds right. Sounds about right. (laughs) Count Grishnok. It's it's all it's all coming together. In this interview, Varg claimed to have been responsible for the burning of the churches, and apparently he also killed a man. That has never been confirmed. I see. Anyway, uh, I he just <laughs> said that he killed Euronymous. Afterwards, I think during like the trial, um, Varg had claimed the interview was planned by both him and Euronymous. Um, the goal being to promote black metal and to scare people. However, by the time the article was released, Varg had already been arrested for the arson attacks. Uh. He was released in March of 1993 for lack of evidence. So that just kind of defeated the purpose of the interview and why they did that. Yeah, yeah so so it's clear that the interview has been traced back to him where he's confessing to having done the arsons. Mm-hmm. But they still released him for lack of evidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know how Norway's judicial system works. So, okay, not only did he, like, admit to the arson, but he's admitting to murder. And they were like, it's fine, just go. Well, I guess, you know, it's so fine. We lack of find evidence. proof, so it's okay. You can go. Well, because it's like with okay. arson with a church that was burned down maybe eight months, a year ago. What evidence mm-hmm. can you get from the, that scene? Your hair is going to burn. Any skin cells are going to burn. Clothes are going to burn. Yeah. Dude, you should see the fire department investigating arsons, though. Dude, they are on it. Oh, they do not fuck around. Yeah. Excuse my language. They're like, we are the fire department, and we will figure out what caused this fire. (laughs) God. Anyway, support your local fire departments. They're pretty cool. Yes, we only support fire departments and EMTs in this house. Oh, for sure. Um, so again, during that year, Varg and Hieronymus didn't like each other. There's speculation that it was over a girl, which I feel like is quite common. (laughs) That just seems so, like... Out of character? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, out of everything it could have been, it would end up being over a girl? Yeah. Like, it just... It doesn't... It doesn't feel right, you know? Oh, not at all. Some speculate that it was, like, a competition between the two of them as to who could, like be the darkest in this scene or who could prove themselves to be the most black metal person 
I thought you were going to say who could kill each other first. I mean, like, okay, just, you're not we're wrong, Cameron. Games each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's like tag, but with death. Oh, jeez. Um, I made the mistake of reading ahead. Yeah, don't spoil it, Amanda. Don't do that. I, nope. I purposefully did not seek out the notes because I wanted to be surprised so. <laughs> well you're about to be surprised erica i feel like the most realistic reason why they ultimately did not like each other was that Euronymous <laughs> owed a very large amount of royalties to varg um again varg you know Euronymous had his own record label varg was signed underneath it technically i don't know the legalities of it but i would assume sure. that Euronymous owned Varg, or at least his music, you know, mm. and I guess maybe he wasn't paying up. Yeah, if he's not paying up, that's a real good reason to, to dislike him for sure. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, another reason, which personally I don't think is the most realistic, but based off what I've read, might actually seem like the real reason. Varg had gotten word of a little rumor that Euronymous had plans to kidnap Varg. And also to torture him and ultimately kill him, but then mm. also film it and release it as a snuff film. What the fuck? So, I mean, I feel like maybe that's a reason why you would go out and kill somebody. Um, why, like, why can't these guys just have a normal fucking day? They just wake up, they eat a bowl of Raisin Bran, they go record a fucking song, and they're like, yeah, job well done. And then they go home, and they take a freaking nap, maybe. Don't do massive amounts of cocaine, which it sounds like what they're doing. They don't lie. <laughs> they don't stop by the church on the way home. They just go straight home. They yeah. read a book. Maybe touch and some read grass. her Bible. Read okay. her Bible. <laughs> anyway, just like what? Exactly. <laughs> Why can't they just just be? Like, I know this is, like, the antithesis of what they were going for, but why can't they just, like, have a normal fight? Right? <laughs> like, well, I, I feel like out of all the reasons besides the Euronymous owing Varg royalties, it literally just sounds like yeah. it was, who has the biggest dick? That's yeah. what it is. I was going to say, it sounds like a pissing match, but, like, the worst kind. <laughs> it's It's maybe a little pun intended. It's like a pissing match from hell. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> so yes. Anyway. After, so this is where the, like, the last two conspiracies, I guess, kind of, um, go with each other. Um, mm. after, so it was either after Varg had gotten word of the rumor or the fact that Euronymous was releasing Varg's contract. One of those, either one, mm-hmm. we don't know, that led Varg to drive Eight hours from Bergen to Oslo on August 10th, 1993, to Euronymous's apartment. Whether or not Euronymous had plans to give him the contract, or maybe Euronymous ha- had plans to kidnap him or Varg, I don't know. We don't know. Right. Yeah, Varg had also brought along with him a 
person named Blackthorn <coughs> who stayed out by the car the entire time. So he didn't exactly witness what was going on, but he was uh, there. Possible deniability. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Varg had knocked on Euronymous's apartment door. Euronymous, you know, answered. There was some kind of physical altercation that ensued. Euronymous had apparently ran to the kitchen to grab a knife in self-defense, but lo and behold, uh, Varg is two steps ahead of him. Varg ended up stabbing Euronymous 23 times. Oh my god. Um, He stabbed him twice in the head, five to the neck, and 16 times to the back. Oh my god. Yes. That's... So quite literal backstabbing. Euronymous, I just think from... You know, I watch and consume a lot of, like, true crime thing. He was trying to, like, run away from Varg Mm -hmm. because he was found in the stairwell of his apartment building. Oh. Yeah. So, it just, it seems like he was trying to get away from the person stabbing him 23 times. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) that... That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. After the murder, Varg and Blackthorn drove to a lake. Um, Varg disposed of his bloody clothes. They um, then drove back to Bergen, where they lived at the time. Varg was arrested on August 19th of that year. So it was just a couple days. Was it nine days? So not a couple. Mm-hmm. Wow, they move slow over there. I guess. Oh, I mean, there's also, like, tons of rural area out there, too, right? Like, Uh, maybe it was, it could have been an issue of, where the hell is this guy? uh, That could be. I guess. Or if, like, it was in a more remote place, maybe. Well, no, because if he was in, like, an apartment building. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, there would be people that would have found his dead body, I would imagine. So, I guess. Yeah, I'm saying, like, about Varg, though. No, I know, but I was going to say if it was, like, a rural area, maybe they didn't find him, so they didn't know there was a murder for a few days, but no, like, that's not... It's been a murder in Savannah. Murder. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) He was arrested on August 19th. Police say that they found a shit ton of explosives... Oh my god, explosives and ammunition, mm-hmm. whether or not it was on his person or his home, um, I was unclear, but Jesus. I'm assuming it was at his home because I think I read somewhere else there's like 150 kilograms of explosives. Oh, oh that's a lot. Yeah. That's like a lot. So. Yeah. What's in your hand? See you No. Yeah. <laughs> During the trial, Varg claimed he killed Euronymous in self-defense, saying that Euronymous came at him first. You know, he, I guess, maybe quote-unquote had that plan to kidnap him. But if you hear that somebody has plans to kidnap you, I would, you would not go to their apartment and drive eight hours nonetheless. I would be filing a restraining order like minimum <laughs> minimum <laughs> i wouldn't show up be seeking like... out that like the that kind of yeah no you're like um so bro like i i heard like you were gonna like kidnap and like torture <laughs> and kill me and film it all so like i came here by myself but like is that true <laughs> and like me. if so can you not <laughs> yeah <Thanks>. like damn <laughs> no cap high key dead ass uh <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
Varg also claimed that majority of the wounds that Euronymous had obtained. Is that the right word? Obtained? Sustained. 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 Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, Varg, had, um, Varg had also claimed that the majority of the wounds that Euronymous had sustained was from broken glass and not oh, the, that's from the bullshit. 23 times that he stabbed him. But wow. also that's really funny because he's like implicating himself. Yeah. Like, if he's saying, oh, the wounds yeah. were caused by glass, then he's now saying, oh, I was there. Right. Well, I think they knew he was there. I but... think, yeah. Oh, um, I was okay. yeah. reading that he was just trying to get his sentence reduced from, like... Um, from, like, first degree murder to, like, manslaughter Like, or involuntary or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not too clear okay, on okay, okay. Sorry. Sure. I Yeah, I didn't understand that right. Got it. So, also during the trial, Blackthorn, the dude who drove the eight hours with him and stayed outside in his car, had claimed that Varg had plans to murder Euronymous and that he was pressured to come with him. Blackthorn was also in a very bad mental place. I guess, you know, during the year prior, he was trying or was put in at the facility and then he left and you know lived with Varg so he was in a very vulnerable state Mm -hmm. so I could maybe see why or how especially by a person like Varg he was pressured to do something like that Mm -hmm. for sure there was also a third person possibly involved in this planned murder where he was to stay home at the apartment in Bergen rent a couple movies charge Varg's credit card and then oh. make a phone call from his apartment. Oh, so like kind of make a fake paper trail? Yeah, like an, yeah, exactly. Uh. Um, but he also claimed and admitted to that they had plans to kill Euronymous. Neat. Yeah. What's the point of having an alibi if you're just going to confess? <laughs> so the thing about it, I'm glad you say that. Varg wasn't, while he did confess, he also was still remaining very quiet about a lot of what was going on. Because not only was he on trial for the murder, he was on trial for the arson attacks as well. Um, They oh. were bringing that back up during the trial. And he was disgusted almost with how everybody else who was in the scene or in the inner circle, how they were coming forward and confessing to what happened. And he was like, what? the fuck you guys are a bunch of snitches but it's like hey well he's kind of a dick exactly brought it on yourself i feel like there's snitching and then there's not committing a felony not (laughs) killing somebody yeah yeah like uh i think you're kind of beyond the snitching thing at this point (laughs) (laughs) just personally that's what i think on may 16th 1994 varg was sentenced to 21 years in prison which is the max penalty in norway wow 21 years by the way um you get 21 years for having a joint on you here in america i was literally about to say the same thing (laughs) um also fun fact during this time in may of 1994 is also when their album was finally released you guys Mm. finally happened you know like i said a a lot of stuff happened in between that delayed the release but i kind of forgot that they were a band in the process of releasing (laughs) (laughs) so um he was charged for the murder of euronymous he was charged for the arson of three churches and then the attempt of arson for a 
fourth church. Um, mm. Going back to the burning of the churches. Um, he was also charged with the theft and storage of 150 kilograms of explosives. Yeah, that'll do it. You think so? <laughs> um, during during the trial, I did not want to look that up. What? Oh, how many pounds That's it is? That's 330 pounds of explosives. Yeah. I was going to He say, had plans to blow something up. Like, y- yeah, a sizable something. Mm-hmm. He was going to take like Uranus out that way. At oh, least. I, Shit. You know, that is what my original thought was, but then he didn't do it. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe there was, like, a different plan. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's so many explosives. It's a lot. During the trial, the media called Varg the nation's first real boogeyman in 50 years. Um, oh. Yeah. Wow. You know, stuff like that, I guess, just doesn't happen in Norway. Well, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Going back to the 150k kilograms of explosives uh, that he was found with, again, Varg is a neo-Nazi. He's a white supremacist. He, much like every other white supremacist, they are very set in their ways. Um, mm. It's it's just it very unfortunate, honestly, that people like this exist still. But um, he had plans with that those explosives. I guess he had plans to blow up a building that kind of like was like the headquarters for like a radical like leftist party. Um, uh-huh. That was never confirmed, but that was you know perhaps why he had those explosives. Perhaps. And then along with the you know being a neo-Nazi, while he was in prison, he kind of formed this group of other people who shared the same ideologies. And then in 2003, he was granted a short leave from prison, which I guess Norway does that. We just let them leave. <laughs> During his little um, leave, he hijacked a car and held a family of three at gunpoint. Um, I think oh, for God. over nine hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, he... How long was his leave for? Like They let him just go by themselves, apparently, from the prison. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a thing that you should do for someone that's convicted of murder. You would think. He was found uh, with a shit ton of explosives and ammunition, he was found with, like, duct tape, a backpack, a GPS locator, a walkie-talkie. Um, so this was definitely planned. He had help he from the outside. giving him explosives. The neo-Nazis are giving him explosives. They um, gotta stop with God. that bullshit. Yeah. So he did that little... That fun that little fun field little trip. Thing. Um, it added, oh. like, only 13 months to his prison sentence. That's so crazy Yeah. Um... Like, I mean, maybe because, like, you know, we're American and we're used to the American judicial system, but it's like, what? that's nothing. <laughs> that's literally, like, it's a year, oh, whoop de doo Like, this dude, like, kidnapped a family and held them at gunpoint mm-hmm. with a ton of explosives in a very clearly premeditated plan mm-hmm. that he had accomplices for. Like... That seems like something that he should get more than 13 months for. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. God, was the judge a neo-Nazi too or what? Shit, Paul. Sorry, I, I'm going to get 
in trouble for saying that or something probably but but like what the hell no really doesn't make sense and even from like a um point of view of having like a prison system that's not like ours um but having one that's meant for like rehabilitation of your prisoners 13 months doesn't seem like a long enough time to teach someone that they shouldn't be a neo-nazi and um also you shouldn't hijack people's cars and hold their family at gunpoint and also have explosives and also have explosives i feel like 13 months is like just not enough time to that's really drive that point home yeah yeah (laughs) anyway but you know that's just me personally yeah you know opinion i guess my opinion (laughs) that's my opinion (laughs) so by the sounds of it okay so (laughs) his prison sentence is finished right is he just out and about good question (laughs) so obviously he went back to prison you know after his hijacking hijacking. i sure hope he did (laughs) (laughs) where did he go no in may of 2009 he was released on probation after only serving 15 years of his sentence. So he is out. What? He's a free man. And he got a reduced sentence somehow. Mm-hmm. He did. How? He did have to fight for that. There was a lot of stuff that the judge, you know, rejected. But, you know, eventually, I don't know if it was good behavior. But yeah, so he, he was let out. not hard to believe. He didn't even have to serve the 13 months that got tacked on. He only served 15 years of the 21 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, I guess, lives in Paris now. He's got, like, eight children. Gross. Like I said earlier, I think I mentioned that he has a blog. Um, He used to post YouTube videos. I think they got taken down, or he either deleted them, either or. Um, uh. He is not a good person, but, you know, I also just wonder... How could you go through all of that in your adolescence, you know, you burn a bunch of churches down you claim to have killed a man and then you actually stab like your bandmate your maybe friend your co-worker 23 times and how one that you were close with yeah i i I genuinely wonder how a person who did all that can go about their life the way that yeah he's doing because it almost seems like it wasn't that big of a deal that happened. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's and so I think hard to like wrap my a brain lot of that, around that. And again, just disclaimer, speculation. A lot of that mm. probably comes from like the extremist views. So I've I've noticed that like with a lot of extremists, especially when you start getting towards like extremism on the right side. So when you start getting towards fascism and neo Nazism and stuff like that, there's a severe lack of empathy. Like, there's just, like, this huge disconnect with seeing other people as people and recognizing Mm -hmm. this is another human life. So I do think that probably is a lot of what probably kind of assisted into him just just willy-nilly going around stabbing people. (laughs) Willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, like, so, yeah. again, that's just, spe- that's all speculation, but it's just it's kind crazy. of what I, I have seen from my, my little dips and dives into the, the alt-right side just to see what they're up to over there. 
<laughs> yeah, I gotta keep an eye on them. Oh, I, I, I gotta keep an eye on them. <sighs> Just like me and AIs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is the story of Mayhem up until 1994. That's wild. Oh, that's such a wild ride. And so... That was... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, that was... <laughs> that was wild. Oh, yeah, I was telling you. Yeah, and what so... What did you... Oh, sorry, Amanda, I keep... No, no worries. I just wanted to kind of get into, I guess, a little bit more of, like, the Satanism aspect, since that's... Since this one, this episode's not oh, yeah, specifically, yeah, yeah. like, paranormal or anything, but the Satanism aspect right. is interesting. So I did a little more research into that lane specifically. And I found out you you are totally correct. So as far as Satanism goes, it does seem like Mayhem pretty much single-handedly was responsible for bringing that onto the scene in Norway. But what mm. really struck me is obviously what we've seen throughout this story is what they're practicing and I guess kind of quote unquote preaching in that it's kind of the lifestyle that they're they're putting mm-hmm. forth. It's not real as it's not real Satanism. Mm. It's it's performative Satanism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're not so Satanism usually follows LeVay. Oh, what is his first name? Anton LaVey? Uh, yes, thank you. Anton LaVey. Uh-huh. So it usually follows, like, kind of his teachings, and I believe that that's what the Church of Satan follows as well. Mm-hmm. I'm the Satanic Temple that. is different, though, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. But the Church but of I was going to say, I don't, I don't think the, uh, the Satanic Temple does. Um, I don't know about the Church of Satan, but okay. that sounds, if I had to take a guess, it sounds more like what they would think i don't really know mm-hmm. though it's not my area where's <laughs> gotcha you know? this new thing. right <laughs> what oh, is satanism God, yeah. yes my husband is a satanist now apparently i don't know <laughs> oh yeah he's, he was reading Amazing. the like satanic bible or whatever mm-hmm. right wasn't yeah, he he's really into it yeah yeah but like what's That's really fascinating about this so i feel like satanism has this really weird rap so like based oh, yeah. on the name alone satanism Satan is inherently, you're automatically going to go, oh my gosh, evil, bad. But Satanism itself, I feel like was never about that that evil or doing bad things. It always no. kind of seemed about like self-development and specifically just anti-Christian. And anti-Christian in the sense of how it's kind of been roped into capitalism. Yeah. And, and how we have protestants almost single-handedly to blame for that but we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that so yeah it's it's really kind of cool not cool that's not the right word but it's interesting to Mm. see them be considered the rise of satanism in norway but what they're doing is is not satanism they're specifically yeah they're feeding in to what Christians expected from Satanists, and they're feeding into what people expected to see from the Satanic Panic phase and stuff. I was actually going to bring up the Satanic Panic, just because, like, this all is happening, Mm -hmm. like, on the heels of that in America, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if that at all influenced uh, Mayhem in this, like, whole uh, Satanic 
journey. I I, I mean, I don't know directly, but I wouldn't be surprised if they read or heard something about it. Yeah, because I imagine, like, people outside of the – and maybe this is just me being American and being like, oh, no, the U.S. is – everyone knows USA. what's going on in the U.S., right? USA. No, not oh. like – but, <laughs> but, like, I, I imagine that they would have had to have heard something about it, right? Like, I – I feel like it's not uh, something that would have stuck just to American, like, news circuits. I don't know. Yeah, and I I feel the exact same way because, like, even though it does, at least from, like, our history and stuff, it does seem like an American thing. It was really Mm -hmm. a Christian thing. And, like, Norway is very Christian, so I can definitely see them also getting into the satanic panic side, like phase or whatever the phase (laughs) yeah basically because it was all it was all just like oh okay so a thing i actually learned uh fairly recently uh apparently the satanic panic was mainly perpetuated to sway voters to uh i think reagan probably or something it was part of yeah you're totally right it was yeah it, it was, was part Reagan. of like the yeah 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 it was part of like the his uh political campaign. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind it's of like, ironic because Reagan is probably Satan himself. So <laughs> okay, I can, I can but that's think a different of some story. Other ones. I was gonna say. I mean. <laughs> But, but yeah, and it's it's kind of weird to me that, like, if you look at the Christianity side of things, like, we have so many different words to describe the different sects. We have, like, Lutheran, we have right. Protestant, Catholic, or Catholicism, Baptist, like, there's so many different things. But then with Satanism, we don't see the same thing. We just see... Right satanism satanism but there's so many different variations of satanism just like there is with christianity that now we have this mix of or you have to have people clarify when you say satanism what what are you talking about are we talking about levee or are we talking about keeping a crow in a dead bag so you can smell it occasionally a dead crow in a bag Oh, did I say I yeah. said crow in a dead bag? Didn't I? You, you sure should've. did, yeah. Actually, well, I, I was meant what I, mean, I said. The, so. the crow, I said what I said. The crow was in Dead's bag, so oh, oh, so oh, I you, mean, oh, you're oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, if you look back on like interviews and stuff, like Euronymous, he had claimed he was a Satanist, but again, he wasn't. Like you just said, a true satanism mm-hmm. he didn't have those beliefs he was he, a card carrying satanist yeah he was the <laughs> heck you mom i don't like christians or you know something probably it, it long definitely long seems nights. like the the showman's version of satanism like yeah. there wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. any clear understanding of what satanism was it mm-hmm. was just this understanding of what i guess they thought it was and they just fed into that Necro Butcher, mm-hmm. the bassist, also the um, only original member, you know, to this day who's in the band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had an interview a couple years ago, so I read a little bit of that article. And he pretty much just, like, I don't want to say, like, denounced everything that had happened before 1995. But he talked a lot about how, like, that's not Mayhem's image. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, the things that they did, they were all also just very young, very easily influenced. Right. Yeah. But I guess just taking it to a whole new level. So if you... For sure. I personally actually do have a Mayhem record. I bought it for the vibe, I guess. And it was just really cool mm-hmm. to see it out in the in the wild <laughs> like that. I was like, oh my God. Their music is very just interesting to listen to. I think it's... I don't want to say it's like hard to listen to. But you definitely have to have an interest in that type of sound to enjoy it sure, or yeah. even just get through a song. Yeah, not <laughs> me. I I can't get into black metal. I'm just like, what? What are they saying? What's happening? I definitely, What's this song about? <laughs> it's also confusing. I've definitely, this doesn't, this could be cut out, but I've definitely, like, over the years have gotten a lot more into, like, hardcore, you know? Like, heavier metal. Like, or heavier metal. Or heavier metal in the sense of, like, bands like Knock Loose or Loathe or, um, I cannot think of any other band right now. Those, like, hardcore bands. But sure. I like them because they don't scream the whole time. But when they okay. do scream, it's very melodic, I guess, is why I mm-hmm. like them. Oh, yeah. See, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's valid. If it's not all screaming all time, we're Gucci. Mm-hmm. And I feel like who doesn't enjoy a good song that makes you want to just elbow the fuck out of an old lady in the Walmart parking lot, you know? Because <laughs> I, I sure do. Way about, um, <laughs> in this moment, I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, yes! <laughs> love in this moment not that they're oh, like man. heavy heavy or anything but hell yeah you know but they're great they are very good yeah make me want to punch people sometimes but but actually you know what else makes me want to punch people me. middle schoolers <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story oh, yes. um okay do you want to do Wait, our... just punch people or punch middle schoolers are you going to be punching children here i mean uh, i'll try anything once that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> what, which depends on which is. Amanda, do you want to roll our lucky numbers for the day? Yeah, let's roll today's yeah. lucky numbers. What's your guess? Um, 27. Well, it goes up to 20. Oh, so. okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry um, to take the wind out of your sails there. Uh, 13. Okay. We have 6, 1, 7, Oh, wait, another one. We're not doing that. Five. No duplicates. And four. Damn. All single oh, digits it. today. One day you'll get it. I'm going to you got it the first one, though, I did you? the first yeah. episode. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, with your five or whatever it was. Yeah, so. she got the first episode. And are we ready for today's advice? Yes. Yeah. So today's advice is, let's see, I'm making this one up. I did not um, prepare. <laughs> Um, advice. You had one job, Amanda. I know. Literally. And I'm like just literally fucking unemployed until tomorrow. Um, okay, so today's advice. When you're about to do something, think to yourself, what would Jesus Mouse do before you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Jesus Mouse is just like, I don't fucking know. I got mailed with a letter and a demo tape. You think I wanted this? <laughs> <laughs> do you think i chose this life for myself or this unlife for myself <laughs> i think my family wanted this for me <laughs> oh my god no that was that was fascinating we'll definitely be back uh next episode with something a little more lighthearted. but 
Yeah, for what, sure. Yeah, what? That was such a wild ride. It was. A it's hard. Wild it, it's ride. it's heavy. I when I was like talking about it, especially about dead suicide, I got like that same gut feeling I did when yeah. I initially, you know, knew about everything. You, like looked into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Like there's parts of that I was like genuinely getting a little nauseous thinking about. I'm, yeah, like, Damn, all right. that's why I wanted to put that fat, fat. That real big <laughs> warning. Um, Ugh. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I don't know if I want to say I hope that people enjoyed this episode so much. <laughs> it's like, well, I hope you got something out of it. Yeah. You know, if, anything, if it's not enjoyment. We learned like, what body parts not to use in your soups. <laughs> I hate everything about that. Yeah. Mm, you're fine. No. All right. I think you're fine. <laughs> All right, Erica, do you want to plug our socials real quick? Um, we can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at TomeTCast or T-O-A-M-T-T-I cast. Um, we also have a website called TomeTCast. You can also email us at TomeTCast at gmail.com. Yep. I think that's everything. And Beautiful. Oh. Someone will get back to you. Probably. It won't be Erica. Definitely apparently. not me. Don't even try. But probably me or Manders. I don't check <laughs> the email. What the hell? All right. It'll, it'll be probably Cameron. be me. <laughs> I'm only just learning we have an email. Oh, my God. You set it up, Amanda. <laughs> no, I set don't it up, lie actually. to the people. <laughs> you made the email. No, Erica made no, the email. No, I made the email. <laughs> oh, I didn't play myself. Just kidding. <laughs> You knew we had an email. So don't even lie. <laughs> people, our fans, our loyal two fans, probably. 